0: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan.
1: And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a (laughs) podcast. It's your turn. (laughs) I know, but I like threw myself off. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. That's why I don't mix it up, Madigan. I have to because, Keegan, every time we click select on our Apple TV, one of our episodes comes up on my iTunes. And you think it's going to make it more enjoyable if it's different in the beginning? Yes. It's still going to be the same. I'm so sick of hearing the same thing over and over again, so I had to mix it up, and that's my fault. My bad. <laughs> so, you guys, happy early Mother's Day. I think it's late Mother's Day. Late Mother's Day. Because we will be coming out Mother's
0: the day. day after Mother's Day.
1: Happy day after Mother's Day. We
0: hope you had a good Mother's Day. Me too.
1: And Keegan, you're a cat mom. I hope you had a good Mother's Day. And you're a dog, Mom. I am. Yeah. We both have two little fur babies, which I hate that term. I actually kind of love it. I don't even care.
0: I know that it makes people cringe, but I'm like, they are my
1: fur babies. I call
0: them my doggers. Oh,
1: that's cute, too. They're my doggers. Cats. 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 Cat. Children doesn't work. I, it doesn't work. <laughs> I have two girls. So yeah. it's easier when I just say doctors. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're my daughters, though. For and real, listen, I doctors. know
0: that everyone who has like human children is rolling their eyes right about now. But like, I will say, my cat was laying on my lap the other night. And I almost like, I look, hold, look at this. <gasps> She had her little tongue sticking out. She was, like, curled up on my lap. And I was like, this is
1: the cutest
0: creature. It makes
1: you feel something. And it's interesting because... So I was out the other night with the family that I work for. And we were at a a jazz show. His father is a jazz musician. And I was on the floor with T. And he started to get tired. And he just leaned on me. And just kind of rested his eyes on me. And his mom was sitting right there, too. But she fell asleep on his mom later. But the fact that he, like wanted my trust comfort you. and yeah. trust me like that mm-hmm. it's the same I was trying to explain this to my boyfriend it's the same as when like our dogs are tired and lay their heads on us or lay on us and just feel that sense of comfort with you where your heart just like feels a- warm, I think you know? anytime
0: I know this is a very weird way to start a mother's day podcast but like <laughs> I I think anytime that like a living creature particularly one that is as vulnerable as children or animals trusts you enough, like, lets down their guard enough to, like, really fully trust you Mm -hmm. and, like, fall asleep on you in their most vulnerable state they possibly could be in,
1: you're like, oh my god, oh my god. It's just like, that's why we have so many pictures of our pets on our phone. It's just insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, The kids are the same way. I mean, I was over at my friend's house because they're getting ready to move. Our friend of the podcast, Vanessa. Vanessa! Her husband and... um. Their adorable
1: son. Their adorable son, Joey. I've only met him a few times, but every time she posts about him, I'm like, He's amazing. He's gonna be our ring bearer at our wedding. And um (gasps) of course he is, he loves Anthony so
0: much. And we were over there for dinner last night because they're moving, and it was their last night in their house, and we wanted to like bring over dinner so they didn't have to cook or whatever. And We went to leave and Joey was going to bed and I was like, can I have a hug before you go to bed? So he came and he gave me a hug and he kissed me on the cheek (gasps) and he said, I love you. Good night. And I was like,
1: (laughs) I I love you you too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, especially because he does show so much love for Anthony. So when he shows love for you, I'm sure Oh, yeah. When like, I got there, he walked right past me to go give Anthony a yeah, hug. Yeah. But, but I'm sure when he shows you that love, like, he does love you. Yeah. Even though Anthony might be, like, his play thing But it means... Whatever, it's just, like, like,
0: when children... Because it's so pure. So, yeah. like, when children show They're you that...
1: They're so honest, yeah. you know? So when they say they love you, it means they love you. Yeah. You it's know? so sweet. It's great. So you guys... If you haven't been listening to the most recent episodes or if you didn't listen to our motherhood episode last year, um, we tell your stories. This was a really easy week for me. I had a freak out on Tuesday because I was like, oh my God, we don't have a topic yet. And then I was like, oh wait. JK, we do. It's taken care of for me. It's all good. So you all have sent in our stories. So really this show is all about you guys. And the stories that you shared with us. Thank you for making it easy on us. And we do want to say off the top that it is likely
0: to be a shorter episode than our usual yes. hour or a little over an hour length episodes, um, we did get enough stories to do an ep- a full length episode on this. Which thank you guys so much. Yes, um, but you know we're probably not going to go on for for too too long here.
1: Although you never know, Keegan and I can get to chatting. We can if things talk, happen. so yes. we'll see. But yes, it may not be as long as our normal episodes. So I am going to start us off from a listener on Instagram, whose Instagram name is Wookie Wookie. Love it. She sends us this message. I want to tell you about what motherhood means to me right now. It means sacrificing some of the most important things to me to ensure my child's well-being and being okay with it because I chose this. I never thought I could be this strong, but I'm proving myself stronger every day Shit's hard right now. I'm crying a lot. I'm working really fucking hard. And my two-year-old spilling his crackers all over the place isn't helping matters. Girl, I feel you. But let me tell you, my son has also shown me a direct route into the joy and strength within myself. He has taught me that human connection fuels us all. And because of him, I have learned to foster that connection with others. Being his mom has been the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But it has truly been the most rewarding. I am so proud of myself. I am so grateful. Even in the current shit show I am experiencing, I am full of love and hope and gratitude. Motherhood taught me that. I think that any mom hearing this story, and I said I feel you, even though I'm not a mother, I know just from working with children when I've had a bad day on my own and tea makes a mess and that's my last straw. Mm -hmm. That it's hard. And I can't imagine, I'm a nanny. I can leave. I can go home at the end of the day. I can't imagine being a mother and working hard and then coming home and doing what I do as a job as just your life. That's Mm -hmm. supposed to be your off time. And then having those crackers spill and that's just it for you. But you love that kid and you work through it and you're grateful. But at the same time, you're just like, fuck. Yes, it's the last thing I needed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's something so
0: real and human about that. Like, my mom, I love my mom so much, and I think that she is... To me, I literally was like growing up, I was like there is no better mom. Of like course. my mom is the best mom that ever could exist. Yeah. But even even with all that, I saw my mom break down. I saw her break down in tears on more than one occasion because like she was kind of doing it on her own. My dad well, was Because it's real. Yeah, my dad was deployed. She had four kids. She had two kids under the age of 3 who oh. wouldn't sleep and she was sleep deprived and she was tired. You know, but it didn't mean just because maybe she would snap at us or she would cry or she would need a minute by herself. None of that meant at all that she didn't want us around or didn't yeah. love us. Or, or wasn't still
1: the best mom. Yeah, it was
0: just human. Well, and
1: you're also teaching your kids then that this is a normal human reaction. Getting upset, crying, being frustrated. You don't have to be... There are these, um, like, adoption advertisements I've seen where it says you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Yes. And I think that's very, very true because I feel like the vulnerable sides of my parents are the moments that I've learned from the most. Yes. And it's helped me learn about how to connect with humans when it comes to emotional things and how other people react to things differently than me. And my mom has
0: been very open with me as an adult when we've had, you know, conversations adult to adult about like, you know, growing up and parenting and all those things. Yeah. My mom, one of the things that she prides herself on the most is that anytime she did have a really human moment when she snapped at us or she, you know, said something maybe that she shouldn't have said or any of that, she always made it a point and this is true she did and it was a conscious thing that she did she always made it a point to come to us sit us down apologize yeah. for her behavior if yeah. it was out of hand mm-hmm. and have a real adult conversation with us about where she was at as a yeah. person and i think that that stuff is that so important sympathy. yeah and it's it's just so important because yes you're always going to see your mom or your parent as your parent But you also need to see your parent as a human being. And they, I also think it's so great because it allows you to believe that they're seeing you as a human being. Yeah. I think
1: that's part of what makes my mom and I so close because growing up in a lot of ways, I always felt like it was me and my mom against the world a little bit. And... Part of that was a little bit of codependence and things that I had to work through and things like that, but also it was a great way for me to be able to see and experience a lot of the grown-up things that my mom was dealing with, with my dad, with her work, with her life, and she always had a very open communication with me, and just because my mom was human didn't mean that she wasn't still my superhero. Right. No, I mean, I think that, and especially
0: as you get older and you start developing an adult relationship with your parents, uh, where you are still their child, but you are now two adults communicating with each other, I think that that's something that becomes even more highlighted. Where it's like, um, you know you are my mom and I will always look at you as my superhero because yeah. you are super mom to me and like yeah. always will be. But you are also an adult woman the way that I am an adult woman, yeah. you know, and we have the same kinds
1: of like problems and issues. And we yeah. work through things kind of the same way, you yeah. know, and I think that's cool. So for Wookie Wookiee, I think that your son is learning such great lessons from you for working so hard as you do and for having those moments of weakness that you feel are weakness who, that really aren't. Um, humanness. And being humanness and being upset. I think that you're really building such a strong foundation for you and your son, and I admire it, honestly. I really do. And the fact that it, it sounds like you're doing a lot of this on your own, and I I admire that more. Anyone who works with kids can... Understand how difficult it is. Yeah. And, like,
0: I was just um, – so a woman I work with at work who I, I filled in for her job whenever – her her wife – had a child Mm -hmm. and so she went off on family bonding leave for a month Mm -hmm. and so she was helping her wife with the the baby it was wonderful uh yeah my company luckily has a really good policy on um you know partners of people who give birth allowing them a good amount of time to bond with their kid they get three months um and She came back and she was like, I don't know how people do this by themselves. Yeah. I don't know how people do this by themselves because it's hard. It's a lot of work. So kudos to every mom and every parent. But holy shit, if you're a single parent and you're holding this shit down by yourself, that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: What do you have for us, Keegan?
0: Okay. Okay. So I got an email. It says, hi, Keegan and Madigan. I really don't know if this will come out very well, but here we go. Here we go. My mom and I don't have a good relationship. She was and continues to be very manipulative and self-centered. She is the definition of a narcissist. She kept me sheltered. She always tried to keep me close. It was easier to control me that way. When I was in third grade, she got really sick, and I had to grow up really fast, and then she started using it. She played the guilt card. You're Mm. going to leave me so you can go see your friends? I'm your mother. Don't you love me? To be honest, I don't know if she actually knew what she was doing, if she was consciously trying to control me, or if it had just become habit. Even as I became an adult, I always felt the need to ask for her approval, and she always had an opinion. She didn't like my job or my hours that I was working. It kept me from spending time with her. She asked me to quit. She didn't like my friends. She didn't want me talking to certain family members. I've met several women, teachers and friends' moms, That have become mother figures to me. I thank God for these beautiful women. They've carried me through some tough times. My mom said she didn't like me being around them because they were, quote, changing me. Mm. I think I knew subconsciously, but I didn't fully realize how unhealthy my relationship with my mother was until a couple of years ago when I met my boyfriend. I just thought that her blowing up my phone all day at work and constantly needing to know where I was and what I was doing and getting upset if we weren't in contact just meant that we were really close. Yeah. That had been my normal as long as I could remember. He introduced me to his family. He wanted to show me what a healthy parent-child relationship looks like. My boyfriend came with a bonus. He has a daughter. Hmm. She was 13 when I met her dad. He, uh, Her birth mother was not involved. She had many years of traumatic experiences with her and no longer wants anything to do with her. So, here we are, this amazing little girl and I. Neither one of us were were mothered well, and somehow we found each other. And even though there's less than a decade between us, we've found a mother-daughter bond. I think we needed each other. If nothing else, my past has made me realize the kind of mom that I want to be. I read a quote once. It said, Be the person you needed when you were younger. So I'm there for every school function, softball game, sleepover, and doctor's appointment. We sit in her be- on her bedroom floor and talk. I'll listen to anything she wants to tell me. I want to be somebody she feels she can come to. She now introduces me as her mom. There's nothing like having a mother, and I've realized that. For myself and my girlie, mom doesn't necessarily have to mean blood. She is my daughter and I have many mothers. So happy Mother's Day to all the people out there that were not mothered well and are now mothers themselves. You're not alone. So I'm joking up. It's beautiful. It's it was beautiful. truly truly like such a beautifully written Yes. Uh, email and you covered so many levels and layers of of your own experience and trauma and and the ways in which you have managed to grow beyond that yeah and to be a mom and to be a mom to this one to this girl who also needed a mom what what you could offer her that's incredible it's incredible
1: I I connect with the story a lot we are going to do a fatherhood episode this year which we did not do last year and I have a narcissistic father who I don't have a relationship with and um, I'm familiar with a lot of, although the manipulation with my father was kind of the opposite of what you went through with your mother with needing to know where you are all the time and things like that. Um, I have a great understanding of a lot of the uh, excuses, a lot of the blaming uh, that our parents can give to us. And I acknowledge the strength of, of drawing boundaries with our parents because that's something for me that is still really hard for me sometimes to grasp especially with the way that my family treats the boundaries that I've set. Um, There's a belief that, you know, you don't turn your back on family, that your family is all you have. But I truly believe that your family is the family that you build for yourself. And it sounds like the family that you've built with your boyfriend and with his daughter and becoming her mother is the family that you've chosen to Grab onto, and that is the healthiest choice for you. So I applaud you for making healthy choices for yourself.
0: Everything about the way that she described her relationship with her boyfriend's daughter Mm -hmm. is so incredibly positive. I mean, The very first thing she said was that her boyfriend came with a bonus. this bonus. This wasn't a burden to you. This was a bonus to Mm -hmm. your life. This was somebody who added substance to your life. And I think that that's also something important when we look at children as like... And make whatever kind of decisions that you want to make. I know, yeah, and I that feel like, comfortable to and, you, and that feel comfortable to you. Absolutely, I'm not trying to like pressure one way or the other. Yeah. Like there is no right or wrong way or decision to, react to make to a
1: partner having a child. Yeah, yeah,
0: when when deciding what kind of life you want to have for yourself, but there is something to be said for when you date someone who does have a child. That child does become part of your life in a very mm-hmm. real way, and I think it's really really healthy to look at that as a bonus to your life and as an
1: opportunity. And to know that that's how you know that that's the right choice for you. To be right. seeing it as a bonus, you know that your life is on the path that it's supposed to be. By looking at it as a burden or anything else, then clearly that's not the path that's that you're supposed not the, to have. And not the person you're supposed to be with. And that's fine. You know, and that's also, that's also, that's also f- totally fine. Exactly. You know? So that, that email touched me very, very deeply and resonated with me truly. And you sound like a lovely person. An amazing person and yeah. an amazing mom, really. Yeah. Like and I, I want to drive <sighs> I want to drive home
0: also that like sometimes your family members are toxic to you. Mhm. And it's hard and luckily I haven't had to experience that with a parent. But I mean there are other people in my life, you know, and other family members who I've I've had to deal with that with and it's hard because you want to have a good relationship with your yeah. family members, especially your parents, especially your mom. Yeah. Like, you want to have a really good relationship with them. And I think there's something really primal that tries to make push it work. that and, like, make it work yeah. and make it happen. But sometimes it just doesn't. And you have to understand whenever that person is one sick they're probably sick. They probably have something going on yeah. Uh, that is keeping them from loving you the way that they need to. But that's not an excuse to allow yourself to be yeah. uh, manipulated or They're abused. Just,
1: yeah, that doesn't mean that you have to put up with it. One thing that I always remind people in my life is that I love my dad. And I wish that he had been different. I wish that he was different. But um, because he's not in my life, that doesn't mean that I don't love him so, so much for being my father. And I think that this person can also appreciate that and knowing that just because this person may not be a big part of her life or a part of her life at all, she's her mother and she loves her. And you're allowed to have complicated feelings. Yep. Like, that's
0: also true. They're people. They're just
1: people, you know? You're allowed to have, and so are you. You're allowed to have complicated feelings. Yep, exactly. All right. I'm going to read a message from our listener, Jesse Bennett, 19. She says, hi, I'm a new listener, but would love to shout out my mom for your Mother's Day episode. My mom is a mother of three, a 24-year-old, a 20-year-old, me, and a 22-month-old.
0: Oh, my Whoa, gosh. Oh, that's a gap. Woo! <laughs> Mama. Oh, you were done. You were, you were almost
1: done. You were almost in the clear. <laughs> My older sister and I have both come out as queer and have only received love and support from her. She worked, went to school, all while raising me and my older sister. She's now a teacher and uses her position to teach the 7th graders to use their voice and never stop learning. She's raising advocates. Go mom! (laughs) I'm saying that, not her, but I'm sure she's saying that too. With our baby sister, she is trying to raise her as gender-free as as possible. She has a kitchen to play in as well as a as a tool chest slash shelf as my mom grows she has turned to me and my older sister for questions on how to better for the queer community and how to help support i am incredibly lucky to have such a supportive loving mother and i know some are not as lucky she is my hero also i love the podcast so much thank you for using your voices (laughs) you're welcome this makes me very happy because especially when we talk about our coming out Uh, stories in our our coming out episodes that we did last year and coming up, there are a lot of stories where parents have a really hard time grasping with their children's queerness and understanding it. And the fact that your mom now has this young, young, young child, as well as two older children who are both queer, to kind of help guide her to um, really support this child in whatever decisions they make in their lives, Um, I think that's a really kind of cool... Um, opportunity for you and your sister and your mother to have, to help this child adapt to this world. I think it's amazing. And what it sounds like is that this person,
0: because you're, you're in your twenties, so I assume your mom is probably a Gen Xer, like my mom. Um, you know, which is, you're not a baby boomer, you're not a millennial, you're kind of in between, and so you have a a different mentality about things. You're not as old-fashioned as a baby boomer, but you're maybe not as progressive as a millennial. Yeah. Um. But what it sounds like is the mother took her experience that she learned from the first two daughters and them being queer identifying, and she saw that. Maybe she learned from some of the things she did while raising them, and now yeah. she's taking that opportunity
1: to put into her
0: new child, yeah. you know?
1: I mean, it sounds like even before her knowledge of raising queer identifying children, like that she did a pretty good job. You know, her acceptance of your, um, of your lives and your identity, I think is amazing and is so admirable. And the fact that she wants to learn even more to make sure that this child knows that no matter who he or she is, that. They are loved, no matter what, and that they live in a world where, however they identify, is accepted and um, yeah, it's celebrated. Amazing, I amazing. Think great.
0: yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for writing in. Thank you. Okay, we got a couple of emails or a couple of stories from my friend Sienna. She sent us four. She sent us four. I think is amazing. Well, they're not super long, and I think it's amazing because they're not all moms, which yeah. uh, we did say if there's a mother figure to you yes. or anyone like that, please send us your stories or, you know, moms, grandmas, yeah. you know, all of that. Can I
1: quickly interject? Yes. Keegan, do you have any like mother figures in your lives that aren't your mom? Mother figures that aren't my
0: mom. Um, you know, no one quite like that for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's partially because I moved around a lot. I think mm-hmm. that that's probably part of what it was, but My grandma, I will always think of as a mother figure to me. Um, Both of my grandmas, but specifically my dad's mom, I don't know why. I always. Well, she
1: was the one that would always do your hair, right? She always
0: did my hair.
1: And like, both of my grandmothers
0: are like motherly figures to me, of course. Uh, So there was that, but like as far as like friends' mothers, yeah, not or just in general as you know? much, you know, not as much of like an older woman who I could go to. I think that I've had periods in my life where I had people like that. Yeah, when I lived in Utah, there was a woman named Colleen who was our pastor's wife, who was kind of like a motherly or an aunt, an auntie yeah. type like figure to me that I, you know, really loved and respected, yeah. like, that way, we have lost touch. But I think that there have been people throughout my life, like yeah. maybe teachers at certain periods throughout my life, like, other women throughout my life who have served kind of that purpose for me. Yeah. Um, But no one who has been consistent, like, for my entire Which life. Which I think is pretty normal. I think so, too. Know? I mean, I think that there are certain people that... I, I think if you're lucky, Based I think maybe purposes, I, you know. I haven't been lucky enough to have those people who are, like, family friends in your life who kind of are constants like yeah. that. I think that that's a very special relationship that sometimes people have.
1: Yeah. For me, whenever I think of, like, um, a mother figure, I think of my best friend Katie's mom mm-hmm. because she is the polar opposite of my mom. She is uber, like, conservative midwest old-fashioned hairstyle she has the most minnesota accent you've ever heard in your life but she loves to like cook for you and she serves a purpose. She does. She fills a hole. She does. Yeah, she, like, she's something completely different than my mom. Yeah. And whenever I go to Minnesota, she wants me to stay with her. She she goes, "Oh, Mia's house, Los Angeles." You know, she wants to hear all about my life and I love she that. knows I love that. And she knows that I live a very different life than she would choose for herself, but all of her kids kind of do. Yeah, she is so open to anybody coming in and out of her house. We call her Mama Jane. Um, she would go, she would put all of, like, the plays I would do on her calendar to go see them. She wanted to hear That's about all amazing. my skating. That's amazing. It really yeah. is. and I could come in and I would say a swear word or I would be inappropriate in any way. She goes, oh, Mads, you're so funny. You know, <laughs> she just had this way about her that was so sweet. And you would open the fridge and there would be a casserole, what we call a hot dish. A hot dish. In the Midwest, fridge. Midwest! A hot, hot, dish, hot dish! Hot dish! And there'd be a, a weird-ass dessert. She would make, like, Jello with Cool Whip and crushed yep, pretzels yep, on top. Yep, yep, yep. Do you know what I'm talking it's about? It's the most Midwest shit I've ever Dude, seen. Yeah, people think I'm crazy and no. i think like, it's so no, good. No, that's the thing. It's so
0: good. I, I've never had it because I've always thought it looked weird AF. He but is. it is something that I saw at many a church function. Yeah,
1: it's good. You and know what? She, that is
0: something from church culture that
1: there are things. The
0: food! There are things from church culture that i miss like i i don't really usually miss going to church but there are things about like fellowship and stuff that i miss yeah i used to go every wednesday our church had a dinner
1: yeah
0: and the church would provide like the main course yeah and then everyone would bring you would either bring a side or a dessert yeah and someone always brought that like jello dessert that had shit on it like (laughs) weird stuff
1: it's so good or she would just make the weirdest desserts but like I spent most of my high school life, especially like... Sophomore, junior, senior year at mm-hmm. Katie's house, so yeah. I would spend nights there on school nights and all that kind of stuff. And Your was... friends' parents do become, like,
0: they do become, they were... like, you know, de facto parents to yeah, you Yeah, but especially
1: Jane. Like, we had a group of five girls in high school, including me, and but Jane was everyone's mom. She's Mama Jane yep. to everybody. Yep. That's my and, mom. Yeah, I love it. And I love that my mom was that way for people in another way. Yeah. She, you, they could go to her for other things. Yeah. So on that note, let's hear Sienna's story. All right. Okay, so, Sienna has four here. Number
0: one, Mammy. Mammy. Which is kind of cute because Manny. she used to... I used to take care. Like, okay. So, for those of you who are just tuning in who maybe you don't know, Sienna is my best friend from home. We've known each other since we were 11. We're close. Um, I spent a lot of time at her house. She spent a yeah. lot of time at my house. There's a
1: lot of really great Sienna stories, you guys. So, go great, back to our minis and listen to some of those Sienna stories. Great Sienna stories. Great
0: Keegan and Sienna pictures. We had perfect... Quote in quotes, professional pictures taken together <gasps> at the Walmart, like picture studio. I
1: want to see them. Yes. Okay. So, um, my friends and I went to. Sears, I think? Yeah, For my amazing. friend's birthday, and we have matching
0: outfits. fucking fantastic. It's really good. My outfit is great. It has... Velvet is involved. <laughs> um, so... Of course it is! So, Sienna and I spent a lot of time at each other's houses, and I think this is cute because she called one of her... One of her grandmas was Mammy, and one of her grandmas was Mama. And, um... <laughs> She used to call me Mammy because I used to take care of her because I didn't drink or do anything like that. And not she didn't either until we got into like our mid-teens right, or something. but when
1: she did, you were her caretaker. But when she
0: did, I was the caretaker. You were mammy. I was the person who took care of everybody else. I was the designated driver, like always. That
1: was me too, girl. We were boring in it, high school. We
0: were boring. I wish I had been less boring, but we served a purpose. I we was
1: did. I had a great time in high school. Not so sure. did I. I, was I fine. actually did too. And it was actually kind of fun to watch everybody else get real fucked up and you were like oh yeah i'd play with like whatever dog or cat was in the house yeah and yeah. i would stack the beer cans in like a pyramid and everyone who was drunk was like
0: "What?" i know and at the time you know i don't regret that period at all really because like yes i love to like drink and have a good time now but i'm glad i went through that period where i just saw everybody else acting like bananas and i was yeah. super sober yeah um okay so she said number one is mammy her mom's mom She spoiled me absolutely rotten. My siblings Mm. and I couldn't walk into her house without being offered a, quote, snack, a normal person's small meal, and a soda pop. (laughs) Her house was always stacked with our favorite food. She would exclaim how we were just all so thin and we would waste (laughs) away. She says, only my youngest sibling is a thin person. (laughs) My whole life is lived within a five-minute walk-slash-block away from school. So close. I can attest this. So... Um we used to walk to school. She lived on one side of the like you live, kind like, of like highway the American
1: Dream school. Yeah. So then.
0: basically our middle school was between our houses. Ugh. So like she would walk to school from one direction and I would walk from the other direction to go oh. to school.
1: I'm just picturing like little Sienna and Keegan yeah. meeting at school and then
0: it's so Yeah, cute. and I would walk to her house after school, you yeah. know. So it was, it was always so close. I love it. Um, Mammy insisted that we be driven to school in the wind or rain or heat. We were very spoiled. Mm -hmm. I can attest, you could literally, from their backyard, you could see the school. There's no reason they needed to be driven. My favorite memories include Mammy and me in the kitchen. She taught me all kinds of things about cooking, and I attribute all my cooking knowledge to her. Almost every holiday, Mammy would do 90% of the cooking. Not ever did she complain about shopping, prep, cooking, cleanup, etc. She loved to cook and loved her family. She really showed me and taught me about being selfish and, un- selfish and unconditionally loving others.
1: It's wonderful. Selfish or selfless?
0: Selfless. I, I thought you said selfish. I'm sorry. Sorry if I said that. Selfless it, and unconditionally loving others. It could have been my
1: bad hearing. I don't know.
0: Number two, mama.
1: Mama.
0: <laughs> mama. I've dad's always mom. Loved
1: that term. Mama.
0: Mima. Um, dad's mom was a badass lady. Again, with the spoiling, my older sister and I would spend, like, every weekend at Mama's, as well as she would babysit us during the day if we weren't in school yet. Sometimes we would be real rowdy and keep her far past her bedtime, hollering and carrying on about dumb child nonsense. But anyway, so Mamaw was in the military for, like, ever. So I feel like saying something right here, right there. Mamaw had a sad run for quite a while. She lost her two oldest children oh when they gosh. were very young. Then in the late 80s slash early 90s, she lost her oldest son and her husband. So oh Mamaw was a str- Was no stranger to loss. She made it a point to really enjoy the time she had with everyone. Everyone loved Mamaw and always enjoyed being in her company she was so welcoming and loving. Aww. Number three, Tammy Sue. That's my mom. <laughs> Thank God for this woman. She was like the first person who was like, let your freak flag ch- fly, child. Oh, my God. My mom
1: always said that <laughs> That's to my, my friends. That's my
0: mom, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it. It was really what I needed at the time. Someone who was just accepting and loving of someone She would genuinely ask the questions of the youth, which I wasn't really used to. I loved and still do love Keegan and Tammy's connection. So, that's my mom. My mom is the mom. Of, like, my friends. I want to like, meet your mom so bad. She, well, she'll come to visit soon. I just talked to her. I wish she could come out. I'm in a show right now, and she wishes she could come out. Yeah. And I really wanted to fly her out for her birthday this year in August, but with paying for the wedding, it's just, like, a lot. So yeah. it's hard, but that that is my mom. Like, my mom always talked to people, even when we were teenagers, like we were people. Equal. She never talked to my friends like they were children. Yeah, You know, which I think always made people... People fucking loved her. And she had this way of talking to people like they were people, but at the same time, she was such a mom in that, like, if you came over, she was going to bake you cookies and, like,
1: you know, feed you. I feel like our moms are very similar in that sense, that, like, my mom was the mom that my friends would go to for boyfriend problems Mm -hmm. or to talk about the drama happening in school, and it wasn't, like a burden or trivial, like, she could have, like, a real conversation with you about my, it. My
0: mom was the one who was, like, it's okay to be weird. Yes. And I think that that's the thing that, like, I've had people in my life say it's, it's weird that, like, you and your siblings are all so different and you hold, like, very, very different views and you guys have debates in your house and you have yeah. all of these things. And I think that that largely comes from my mom being, like, my mom's, I think, number one goal for us was... To let us figure out who we were. Yeah. And I think she extended that to my friends. Like, she yeah. was like, whoever you are as a little, like, person in the making, like, that is really cool. Yeah. And I wanna, like, figure that
1: out. Can I tell a quick story about my mom yes. while we're in the middle of this? Yeah. Go so, ahead. the way that that resonates with me and my mom and a story that just popped into my head. So I was a figure skater growing up, as you all know, if you've listened to any episode of this podcast and the skating world has a lot of restrictions on body types and diets and things like that. And, um, my mom would always be the one, like, we went to my cabin every weekend of every summer, mm-hmm. and we would bring uh, one of my friends up. And she would say, oh, my gosh, the difference of your friends from when they're around their parents to when they're with us, it's night and day. They're so different. So I just remember one day, I was at the rink, and we had a bit of a break. So my mom had me and like a group of, like, four of my friends uh, in the car with her going to Dairy Queen. And my friend's mom called her on her cell phone and was like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, we're going to Dairy Queen, but I'm not going to eat anything. I'm not going to eat anything, I swear. And, like, was swearing to her mom that she wasn't going to have any ice cream. And she hangs up the phone. I just remember my mom turning back and she goes... You're getting ice cream. And she was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my mom would be the one who'd be like, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. Well, because like, it's a you're ridiculous thing for you to
0: say that a child shouldn't be allowed to ice cream. Oh, have I have friends cream. whose
1: uh, fridges were locked at night.
0: That's insane. And
1: friends who were weighed by their That does not
0: harvest a healthy, like,
1: relationship oh, I, with food or this, harbor. This particular girl would be physically beaten by her mother. Okay, that's child abuse. Oh, horrible things. And so when we were together and when my mom was around, it was a place for those kids to just be kids. And to be loud and obnoxious and eat as much as they that want. That upsets me so deeply. Oh, it does to me, too. And my mom saw that. And so she always wanted to make sure that when these girls were around her, that it that her house was available to them in whatever means. One friend of mine would eat an entire box of Eggo waffles at our house in the morning. And she would spend pretty much every weekend at our house. And my mom would buy extra Eggo waffles because she would eat the entire box. And, um... Yeah, she was kind of the skating mom that was the anti-skating mom to a lot of these girls. That that just reminds me of yeah. when they would come over to my mom yeah. and be like there are no rules. Whatever your parents say are the rules, they're gone. Do whatever you want to do, be you, whatever you are, you're perfect,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, okay, number four for Sienna. She says, my mom. My mom is the most helpful and selfless individual I I think I've ever known. She just wants everyone around her to be happy and healthy. My older sister just had a second child earlier this year, and my mom is frequ- frequently making sure her and her family are all good. Grocery shopping, babysitting, house cleaning, cooking dinner, etc. Pretty much every Thursday, I go to her house and hang out for a little while. Every Thursday, she wants to make sure we're doing something that I enjoy. Mm. Usually, we're watching TV shows about spirits or hauntings. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which then frightens me, so we have to watch something happy slash funny to offset it. Yep. Honey Bear, which is her um, dog. She's got, uh, Santa has three dogs, three mastiffs, so they're enormous dogs. Oh, my
1: God. I love it.
0: They're fantastic. Honey Bear spends the night with Mom and Crit. Chrisis, I don't know what this dog's name is. Mom's fur baby every week, and I did know that. So she has three mastiffs, Sienna, and the smallest one is the oldest, is Honey Bear, Aww. and Honey Bear is super like sociable and sweet. And so her mom takes Honey Bear in once a week, like they have like doggy sleepovers with oh her my dog. God. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mom just loves it when Gus, which is her oldest. Uh, her old dog got okay. sick with cancer. Mom offered to pay and helped pay for his cancer treatments and wanted to make sure he was as comfortable a life as he could, especially toward the end. Someday I hope to become as sweet as my mom is. I'm absolutely so lucky to have her for a mom. So, uh, this is Sienna's mom. Her name is Debbie. And I talked about her on a previous episode. Cause I talked about how I think Debbie was my first example. So, you know, people in your life, they offer different things to you, and while my mom offered so, so much to me and is the most incredible and amazing mom, something that I think that she wasn't able to offer me from no—it uh, wasn't any kind of problem of her own. Yeah. It was it was something that she couldn't really help, but, like, she was not confident in her body.
1: Yeah. Oh, we've heard about Sienna's amazing And Sienna—and I've
0: said this on a past episode— Debbie is one of the people who I look back on, and I'm like, I want Debbie's confidence. Yeah. I want to be like that. I want to feel as beautiful as she feels. And, and she like, probably
1: didn't feel beautiful all the time, but she. Thought but I it.
0: felt like that. Of I course. felt like she thought she was the and most don't you beautiful do that person for, for someone
1: absolutely. else too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because you know inspiring. what,
0: that makes somebody beautiful. Like yeah. the the fact that like they they know that they're worth something and they're like, they're fantastic and confident. I feel that way about, about Sienna's mom. Yeah. And I remember it's such a strange thing, like knowing someone for so long, because like when we were like young teenagers, uh, her, of her parents, like Sienna's mom was like the disciplinarian. So she was the one who, if you were going to get in trouble for like stumbling in at three in the morning, it was going to be her. It wasn't going to be Sienna's dad. Although we never really got in trouble, but like, So that gives you kind of a perspective, but then again, like, when you become an adult and you see the kind of, like, I've watched Sienna and Debbie's relationship grow so much. From the time that they were teenagers to the time that they're adult women together. Yeah. In such a positive way. Yeah. Because you see your mom as someone who you're like They're gonna get me in trouble. Right. When you're a teenager, you're like, Ugh, mom. And then you become an adult and you're like, Oh my god, mom, like thank you so much (laughs) for like looking out for me and being so amazing. And she she really, really, really is. Like she loves her kids so much. She does so much to take care of them. And Debbie. Fantastic. So, Sienna, thank you so much for shouting out all the wonderful, wonderful ladies in your life. Yes. And I'll let my mom know that you include her because she will just
1: cry. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. So, this next Instagram message is from, I'm going to say it's wrong, Hivink21. Hivink? 21, H- Hiv- Hivink? H- Hivink? Yeah. Hivink21. Hi, y'all. Hey. my motherhood story is about me and my mom my struggle with anxiety had been going on for a while and i was stuck by myself i wanted to tell someone i wanted everyone to know but at the same time once i told someone it would be real i promised myself that i would tell my parents over winter break and that helped me get through stressful finals telling my mom that i wasn't okay was the hardest thing i ever did that moment will forever be burned in my mind The last day of 2018, a few hours before it was over, I took my chance. I sat next to my mom on her bed and burst into tears. I explained how I felt, the pain and twisting inside my stomach... The heavy feeling in my throat. When I was done, she told me that it was just hormones in the most loving way possible. I went to bed knowing that I had done the hardest thing ever and any challenge in my life would never be this hard. The next day when I woke up, my mom said she researched anxiety. Mm. I know this must have been hard for her to do. Being Indian, mental health is a conversation we run far away from. But she educated herself. She talked to my dad and I started going to therapy. Three months into therapy, my anxiety and depression goes up and down, and even though she doesn't always understand, she always supports and loves me. I was scared to tell an Indian parent about my anxiety, but now realize I have my Indian mom, and she'll always love me for who I am. Thanks, guys, for reading my motherhood story. I'm only 15, but I love your podcast, and I feel understood listening to you guys. Your podcast helped me so much. Love you guys and rage on. Aww. Whenever we get teenagers writing I know. in, I'm like... I get so... <laughs> I just, like, think of, like, myself at that age. I think of, like, 15-year-old Madigan, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you Lovely. actually listen to us and love us. Lovely. so sweet. And I can also,
0: like, something like that, especially... If you are from a minority community, the black community is the same way. Um, Indian culture, I think a lot of Latino communities are similar in the way that they look at mental health. Yeah. Um, It is so amazing to me that not only you were brave enough to go to her and tell her what you were feeling, because that does take a lot of bravery. It does. And a lot of self-examination and so... You know, kudos to you so much for being able to do that. But also for her to be able to maybe push aside her very first reaction, which is just like, this is just hormones. You're just having, you know, something's going on with you. To taking a step back and saying, like, this is my child and they're struggling with something right now. And I owe it to my child to to take a look at this. Yeah, And like, even if you don't 100% believe it, you trust and love your child enough to take their word for what they're saying. Exactly, You know, which is, that means everything. Like, no one is asking you to change, like, your entire worldview on, like, what you think, you know, is X, Y, Z. Yeah. But what they're asking you to do is trust them enough
1: to yeah. look at it. Well, and that's what's amazing about children, as I feel like a lot of times adults believe that all of their beliefs are kind of set in stone, that they don't really have a lot else to learn. And I think when you have children and they are growing up into themselves you realize that there are more things in life that you have to learn yeah and as much as they learn from you you learn from them and yeah i think that you were something that really opened your mom's mind up to uh, a, a whole new world really of knowledge and um acceptance of other yeah. people which absolutely. i think is really beautiful absolutely we're never done learning you absolutely know? yeah fantastic wonderful
0: Okay, so I think this is our last story
1: Yeah, for I think this is the last one we have.
0: Yes. So it says, Hi, Keegan and Madigan. I've been listening to your podcast for about a month now, and I've really delved into the archives and become hashtag obsessed with your quirky styles and informative discussions. So when you asked for motherhood stories, I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to contribute to this wonderful endeavor. Thank you so much. Mother-daughter relationships can be incredibly complex, and mine is no different. I've honestly considered writing a book about the female relationships and stories in my family since we all have been through so much. I am not known for my brevity, so feel free to edit this story and take the basics Mm -hmm. to make it more concise. I'm not doing that. I'm reading the whole thing. Here we go. Reading the
1: whole damn thing, girl.
0: My mom was a single mother with three kids when she met and married my stepdad. I was five at the time. Still, her time as a single parent was spent in hardship and depression that would become relevant later. I was an incredibly independent child who was known for ignoring rules and being stubborn, but also being warm and kind to animals and people alike. I would walk up to strangers to tell them they were beautiful, but adamantly refused to wear socks just to give some insight into who I am. <laughs> Because of my rocky relationship with my dad, an alcoholic drug addict who witnessed abuse, who I witnessed abuse my mother and stepmother, and my desire to be accepted and loved by a male figure, I was vulnerable to sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and abused I was for most of my elementary school years. The culprit was my much older stepbrother, which I wouldn't mention if it weren't important. I told an adult, a teacher who I didn't particularly like in fifth grade, leading leading to my parents knowing and my stepbrother being removed from our house. My mom and stepdad experienced some strain in their relationship from this, understandably, but I am happy to report that they are still together and stronger than ever. Mm. He has always been a father to me, especially since my dad ended up going to prison when I was about 12, but that's another story.
1: Which I would love to hear for our fatherhood stories. Yep,
0: feel free to write us back. Please do. When everything was revealed to my parents and a few family members, mom made the mistake of searching on the internet the outcomes of children who have been sexually abused, and it was dismal. Drug use, prison time, sexual promiscuity, difficulty with relationships. Turns out years-long trauma as a child can really screw you up. Because of these ingrained fears, my mother blaming herself to a degree for my abuse, we had an incredibly difficult relationship through high school— She was controlling, at times manipulative, and accused me frequently of having sex or other behaviors which were unfounded and often untrue. More than anything, she was scared. I receded into a little shell shell of a world, hated myself and my body, slept all the time, and basically just had depression. Yeah. College was incredible. Despite everything, I am pretty good at school and went a few states over to pursue my higher education— the distance did wonders for our relationship. We still didn't know how to have appropriate boundaries, but it was marked by more kindness than ever. Also, my depression went away for a bit here, and I was making a lot of self-improvements in forming valuable relationships. I felt purpose and hope. This continued through my first big girl job in a state even further away. I worked for a nonprofit in a rural community and encountered many children with similar stories to mine. I started to forgive myself, realizing I would never blame these children for what they went through and shouldn't hold myself to a different standard. I researched child development and the effects of childhood trauma extensively and strove to educate parents and everyone I could on speaking openly about these events, reducing shame and stigma, and how to prevent them or recover when they happen. After learning a lot and leaving a job in capable hands, I headed to my master's, so much for my mom's fears. And before you think this is a story about me instead of my mom, just know that what happened next changed everything. My aunt died in the fall, my mom's best friend in the world, and the woman who always claimed me as her child died suddenly. We were all broken, but especially my mom and me. We both spiraled into a depression. I struggled to keep up with my heavy course load and tried study drugs, which backfired immediately. My university offered free counseling, and several friends encouraged me to pursue it. I did, and started unpacking all the years of trauma I was finally ready to face. I discovered I had PTSD, and the constant nightmares and panic attacks were not normal parts of life. I started, slowly but surely, to recover. Mom was still in a bad place. I had moved just four hours away for school, so we saw each other often, and most of the time we spent in tearful conversations. We started to unpack our past and properly mourn all of the loss in our lives. I encouraged her to pursue counseling, which she did. Her parents revealed in an emotional and manipulative event that her father was not her biological father. Wow. Mom, as a whole, uh, Mom has a whole other family she never knew about. Her world was shaken again, and she felt like her identity was based on a lie. I can understand that.
1: Yeah.
0: After finishing my degree, I moved away again, this time for a larger city. I could only afford to live in a place marked by by violence and began to withdraw into my old habits. I pushed away my feelings, pretending like everything was okay, and withdrew into my depression. Our relationship was on better footing, but made no progress as we stood on our mental health issues seemingly worlds apart. One day on the phone, my mom, I announced, with, one day on the phone with mom, I announced to both our surprise that I was moving back home. I said I wasn't happy that I hated living there. I felt a pull deep inside to go back and address the places and people that I very much feared. I lived with my parents for six months before getting a place on my own, and mom's and my relationship entered into a time of healing unlike anything before. We were able to understand the deep impact the selfish decisions of others that selfish decisions of others can have on your life. The difficulty of defining who you are in a world buffeted constantly by pain, loss, and sorrow. It's been over a year now since I moved back home. Last night, I called my mom and told her I was feeling sad. She came to my house, and we danced and watched a movie and drank tea before bed. We had an honest conversation about my high school depression where she apologized for the part she played in it. Not for the first time. We still have difficulty at times, as all relationships do, but we have spent so much effort in healing together and supporting one another. We are both still working on and through our depression, but hopeful about entering a life without it in the future. Mom is an example to me of a lifelong pursuit of self-improvement and honesty, of admitting your mistakes and asking forgiveness. This weekend, we're spending my birthday together with our new family, the one she discovered existed as an adult. I am sure much of it will be spent in reflection and gratitude of my wonderful mother. Thanks for what you do. I look forward to hearing all of the motherhood stories as well as your future episodes as I slowly but surely make my way through the archives. So that was from Allison. Thank you so much, Allison. That was
1: beautifully written. And if you ever oh my wrote God. a book, I would read it. Because, Absolutely. my God, you painted a word picture for me.
0: Yes. That I was gorgeous. I'll say, like, that was one of the longer um, emails we've gotten, but I wanted to read all of it because the way that she writes is so It's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, and I Girl, didn't want to leave anything out because... If you are
1: not a writer, you should be.
0: It all matters, you know. I mean, you can edit it down to things that you think are the most important, but, like, really, what it all does is paints a picture of a very real yes. relationship between a mother and daughter and how fucking complicated. Yeah. It can be. And it's so clear to me. What comes out to me in this email is a mother and daughter who love each other so much. Yeah. And like the things that your mom did that hurt you in high school were because she loved you. And I know that that, like that sounds so like but it's because she didn't know how to protect you. Yeah. And she was trying in her own way to kind of like try and figure out what that was to try and protect you in the best way she knew how. Yeah,
1: and that's such a, uh, an interesting thing about it. like a parent-child relationship is that we have to remember that our parents are still human and that they might not have the answers to everything. And they might not get everything right all the time. But the fact that you've been able to grow in your relationship with your mom and both get counseling, like that's... I understand that she has trauma, you have
0: trauma, yes. just because she's an adult Doesn't mean, or I mean, so are you. But, like, just because she's a
1: parent doesn't mean that she's immune from trauma. But that you would even suggest counseling and for her to take it. Like, I think that's an amazing thing because a lot of times parents have a hard time taking advice from their children. Agreed. So, the fact that you guys have really built this amazing relationship and have acknowledged your own faults within, e- within your relationship is a really beautiful, wonderful thing. And again, such a beautifully written email. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think there's one more email that you haven't read from Stein. From I haven't read it. Yeah. So go okay. ahead. So we got one more, guys. We Bonus. have one more. We forgot. Hey, gals. I love it. <laughs> Here's my motherhood story. I have a rather complicated relationship with my mother. I have anxiety, and I'm very open about it. She is from Faroe Islands. Yeah, you don't know where it is, but it is part of Denmark. We sure don't. Thank you so much. Thank you. Part of Denmark. Got it. Let us off the hook immediately. I know what Denmark is. I can figure that out. And in her culture, you don't ask for help. If there's something wrong with you mentally or physically, you deal with it by yourself. So imagine her reaction to me being open about my mental health not over the moon to be honest she doesn't understand that i don't know how to turn the anxiety off we have argued about it a lot and try and try and try to explain it to her even though i don't know the answers either but i admire her every single day because she is trying she does not agree with me about sharing the part of my uh, she does not agree with me about sharing that part of myself but she still supports me in her own way i love her for that some days she drives me nuts but she is still my biggest role model Just wanted to share this and say that you don't have to agree on everything to have a good relationship. Absolutely true. I love you guys. You inspire me to rage on. Praise hands emoji from <laughs> from Stein in Denmark. I it's, love
0: that. It's very true. I mean, I think that that's something as well. I think we are in such a divided time in our country. And for good reason, most of the time. Yeah. Or in our world, I'll say, you know, because they're from Denmark. In, yeah. in our world, I think we're in a very divided place. And I think very oftentimes with your family and also with your friends and in all of your relationships, you feel like, If you disagree on something, it is a deal breaker. And I'll say there are certain things, yes. Yes. If we disagree on certain fundamental things. What we always say is that you draw your own lines. You draw your own boundaries. But, like, I have a much better and much closer relationship with my mom than I think most people have with their moms. Mm -hmm. And we do not agree on a lot of things. Yeah. You know, specifically, like, political things. We don't agree on everything. So I think it's one of those things where as long as there's a mutual understanding for the other person and, like, respect. My mom respects me. Yeah. And I respect her, you know. And so I think that when that exists, it's okay that you guys don't have, like, you know, a complete – you don't see completely eye-to-eye on everything. Now, I hope that your mom does come to a place where she can be actively helpful in your mental health. I want that – for you, Because I think that it is important. But as long as you can maintain a good, healthy relationship where you still feel like you can be open with yeah. your
1: mom, that's the most important it, thing. It sounds like to me that she is helpful in her own. In her own way. Well, and in her own experiences with anxiety. But the fact that she's so open with it may be something that she's not as used to. Um, which I completely can understand. There is a lot of things she doesn't understand. Yeah, I mean, even having this podcast, I have the members who have um, listened will be like talk to my mom and be like, "Oh my gosh, she swears so much!" Or, oh my gosh, she shares so much of her life, and my mom is so proud of that of me. But um, even though my family doesn't always understand the ways that I communicate and the things that I am so openly. Discussing, um, I think there's often they still have a lot of respect for me, yeah. That, you know? I, I think there's oftentimes
0: a generational difference, too, mm. right? Like, I think that this. What we're doing is such a weird, bizarre thing to a lot of older people being as, like, open and, like, yeah. sharing. What Our generation with YouTube and social media and podcasts and these things have kind of, like, opened this door to sharing parts of yourself that, like, they would never, ever, I ever shocked share. I shock
1: myself when I listened back to these episodes. Absolutely. I'm like, Because I almost, it's almost like therapy where a certain part of my brain shuts off and I start talking about something and I start sharing something that I didn't mean to share to listeners, but I'm so glad yeah. I did at the end of it, you know? I don't know if I've ever said on this podcast how
0: anxiety I, anxiety-ridden I was whenever we started this because, like, I am very, very aware of putting things out there, and I'm very, very aware of, like, how you present yourself, and I was very scared of, like, being honest and, yeah. like, putting things out that can't ever be taken back. Because yeah. once they're in the world, they're like, out you there. can't ever pull them back. And I will say that, you know, of course I've said things. I've got two podcasts. I've said things. Yeah. And I've put things out there on social media and through podcasts that I'm, like, I don't know if I should have done that. But... I think that there is such a freedom that yeah. comes with just being like, you know what, though? Like, this is who I am. And, yeah. like, I'm... Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. And, like, I'm not trying to do anything that would embarrass my parents or my grandparents. But, like, oh, uh, these are have. these are my thoughts and these are my feelings. And those are real. And, like, yeah. it's okay if people, like, know that shit.
1: <laughs> you yeah. Know? Exactly. I've had to... I kind of forget that people actually listen to this when I speak most of the time. And, um, but when I do get comments back from family and friends where they mention something about something I've said that I maybe, uh, may feel a bit embarrassed about later, it's always like a really positive response and being like, Oh my gosh, I felt that way too. Or, um opening up a conversation with them where they've had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like as as much as I may be like, oh shit, what did I just say when I'm editing, rolling my eyes or whatever. Well, know, you know whatever. someone else is feeling that way. Exactly. Like, that's, and that's that makes me feel better. Someone so. else is feeling that way, even if they wouldn't admit it.
0: <laughs> and even if they wouldn't put it on a podcast, they're feeling it too. Yeah.
1: Sorry that we've gotten a little bit off topic. No, of that email, I think it's but-
0: <laughs> great. Um, And I, I really do, I want to say... I these are my favorite episodes that we ever do. Me too. They make me feel so much more fulfilled than anything that we ever put out on our own. Um, not that what we put out on our own isn't amazing, but like anytime we have listeners write in and share their own experiences and stories, it touches me in a way that like I feel like I don't always get in yeah. other in other places in my life. And well, so thank and you so, 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 so. And much. there's
1: such an interesting trust that these people have in us and in our community of people that listen to us that makes me feel so good like uh we can be a place and our community can be a place where these people can be heard and accepted and have and and really help other people as much as you guys thank us for what we do the stories that you send in i think help other people as well yeah so For me, they're so fulfilling because that goal that we've had since day one of what we wanted to do with this show is to create a community with these episodes. It not only shows us the community that we've built, but it helps grow that community with other people and having them listen and experience things that are similar to their own life experiences. And that's so important. That's exactly right. Because it's
0: like there are people out there who no matter how um, unique your experience is, and it is unique of to course. your to your situation. But no matter how personal your experience is, there is someone out there who went through something similar, who can relate to that, and like you're not alone in yeah. that. And like, um, I know it can feel very isolating sometimes when you feel like you're in a position that like not a lot of other people are in. But there are other people out there who. Um,
1: Want to hold your
0: hand. Yeah, you know? and even
1: people who don't maybe understand entirely, or not understand, but empathize with what you're going through. If they haven't been through it themselves, there's a group of people who will listen to your stories and understand what you're going through in a different way and want to support you otherwise. And
0: learn from it. Like, yeah.
1: even if you haven't gone through anything that
0: was mentioned today... um you can learn from that. Yeah, you can take those stories. You can see how it was. It affected the people involved, and you can learn from those stories. I think that that's important, and that's why we share stories like that. Yeah. I think it's important.
1: These are my favorites. Me I'm too. so glad that we're kind of in the season of these. Yes, here we stories. go. Here we go. So,
0: speaking of that, if you have fatherhood episodes, which uh, we really, stories, really want. Not
1: episodes. Oh,
0: sorry. Fatherhood <laughs> stories for our Father's Day episode um, that you would like to share. We are really excited about that because yes. I'm so happy we did another Mother's Day episode. Me too. But we did do one last year and we have not done a fatherhood episode yet. We so. haven't. So
1: Father's Day is June 16th, But June is also Pride Month. Yes. So we
0: are going to do um, a coming out stories episode. So we definitely want your coming out stories. So if you have those, we already have a handful, but we Mm -hmm. can always use more. Last year, that was my very favorite episode of the entire year Same is getting those stories. And again, it can be good. It can be bad. It can be um, experiences that taught you something. It can be... Others' experiences that you were privy to or witnessed, all of that, we want all of it. So if you have experiences with coming out uh, as someone in the LGBTQ community, please share those with us. Also, if you have um, stories about your own father, we are going to do a Father's Day episode. So please submit those to us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We also got a handful of our Mother's Day episode, uh, our stories for today's episode from instagram yeah so you can submit those to us on instagram at angry neighborhood feminist you can also find us you can direct message us on facebook we have a business page and a group page and you can find us uh at your angry neighborhood feminist you can get us on twitter we are at YAMP podcast Y-A-N-F, y-a-n-f podcast and you can also rate and review us on either our Facebook business page or on Apple Podcasts, we have fallen a little bit behind on our Reviews Day Tuesdays, but we are going to start that up next Tuesday. So, yep. which would be tomorrow for all of you guys. So, uh, please go ahead and leave us a review, and we will feature you on Reviews Day Tuesday.
1: Definitely. I want to give one more little push on Radio Public here. It is a free way for you to listen, and it helps us out a little bit. We really appreciate all of our listeners on Radio Public. If you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, go ahead and jump on it. Um, These episodes couldn't be made possible without you guys. I mean, all of our episodes, really, but these particular episodes, when it comes to your stories. So please, please, please send us in all of your stories for both our coming out episode and our fatherhood episode Uh, I really think these episodes make a very big difference in a lot of people's lives. They're my favorite. Absolutely. my favorite episodes. Hands down. Hands on the plastic dresser that our microphone is on. (laughs) Um, So, you guys, thank you so much for listening. With all of that being said, we encourage you
0: to rage on.
1: Happy Mother's Day. So much for a short episode. I know, right? Bye. (laughs) Bye.